Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show. It's always wonderful to have you here with us. And today we're talking about work-life brilliance instead of work-life balance. And my guest is Denise R. Green, who is a speaker, writer, and executive coach. She's committed to helping people go from burned out or blah to brilliant. She had a successful career with Oracle Corporation and Charles Schwab, and she founded Brilliance Inc., Inc., which is a coaching corporation. Their purpose is to unleash human potential. For more than a decade, Denise and her team have helped thousands of people feel less stressed and have more ease and fulfillment in these many areas of their lives. Her new book is Work-Life Brilliance, Tools to Break Stress and Create the Life and Health You Crave. And it's really about reigniting one's internal spark. She's authored other books as well, and you can learn more at brilliantsinc.com. Welcome, Denise. Thank you, Patricia. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to speak with you and your listeners. Thank you. Well, stress is eroding the lives of too many today. And the Mayo Clinic has talked about traits that are associated with stress in the workplace and burnout. And their exhaustion, cynicism, um, just not feeling good about yourself. You know, feeling and sometimes feeling more like an object than a person. So we all do have sparks in our life, but in today's world, sometimes that kind of gets lost in this kind of cog, this wheel. Uh, Let's talk about that. Let's talk about brilliance, which is something that you write all about. Right. And you've already alluded to the fact that for me, brilliance is not about intelligence. It is the other definition of brilliance, which is illuminated. And like you said, I mean, we are born illuminated, and it gets to be like it's almost snuffed out by life. Mm -hmm. And Mm. I think it's happening, unfortunately, at a younger and younger age, just due to our society and our technology and uh, the pressures of modern life. And I know that it was a theme with all of my clients, um, where they weren't necessarily using words like burnout, but... um, when they would come to me asking about work-life brilliant or work about work-life balance, um, it was clear that just figuring out how to work fewer hours and spend more hours at home was not going to reignite that spark on its own. So we had to have conversations about what was creating the stress in their life and what was weighing them down. So and what were you finding? Them. What were they telling you? Yeah. Well, one thing I heard over and over was I have too much work and too little time. So they were feeling a sense of overwhelm and a feeling of lack of control. So I think a lot of the lack of control stems from feeling at the mercy of your calendar Mm. and your email and feeling bombarded by information, requests, data, Um, A lot of it not friendly. Um, And so that was the big one. And then there were, you know, the internal, the the thinking that they had about their days and their lives and about the thinking they had about other people. 
So those were some of the big ones. And the lack of sleep. And, and of course, thinking, of thinking, yeah, and, and sleep is a big one. When you said thinking about other people comparing themselves to other people, that they're not enough, was that part of it? That is part of it. And neuroscientists would call that one status pain. And we're constantly doing it. And, it, you know, I talk in the book about these tribal brain holdovers that are doing us no good anymore. But status mm-hmm. pain was built into our brains because we needed to compare ourselves to others. We needed to know our place uh, with others, where we stood, mm-hmm. and we needed to not get kicked out of the tribe. That was very, very right. important. So that's part of it, that I'm not good enough story creates huge stress. The, the other one is the resentment story. You know, we have these operating manuals in our heads for how other people should act, and we forget that they don't care about our manual, and our manual has really nothing to do with reality. It's just our preferences. Mm -hmm. And we also Mm -hmm. forget that they have manuals for us, and we're violating their rules as well. So then we build up these resentment stories that cause us a lot of stress and cause us to do things and think things um, that fray our relationships. Mm. Very well said. Let's talk about four steps that you can use to turn your stress around. One is taming your thoughts. That's a hard one for me, I have to say, and I've done this work for many, many years, interviewing thousands of people, but that taming the thought, I find very challenging. Talk about that. You are not alone. It is really hard to tame your thoughts, and that's why I say if if you can learn this one skill, then everything else is easier. But for my clients who don't learn this one skill, and let's say they still have this negative thought, like I just recently had a client who said, I'm being really nice to my boss, even though he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I said, well, it's not going to stick. You're not going to be able to sustain this behavior. We need mm-hmm. to work on a thought that he doesn't deserve it. Let's talk about that. Because you can you know, fake behaviors and really do it because, you know, you know it's the right thing to do, but if you can't back it up with a thought that is congruent with that behavior, it's going to be really hard. So so let's talk about it. Let's talk about how you can do this. I I say practice with easy thoughts. And so easy is a relative term, but I like to think of something really common. So when we're driving, many of us are annoyed constantly when we're driving whether it's another driver cutting us off, um, whether it's somebody beeping their horn at us, uh, somebody tailgating us, or just a stoplight when we're in a rush. So there's lots of opportunities there. Start there. And, for example, at a stoplight, you have to notice what is the thought I'm having. Now, a lot of times you'll have this feeling first, like you might have a feeling in your chest of tightness. And the thought may be, I'm going to be late to the meeting. Well, there's nothing you can do about the red light. So you might as well find a different way of thinking about it that is going to create ease for you. So in that moment, you might decide, hey, this gives me a chance to actually think about my intention for the meeting. How do I want to be when I walk in? Yeah, I'd like to give you an example because I'd like to give you a more difficult example that I've come across that I hear from people. And that is, you know, certain things that are bottom line things for people like money, health, mm-hmm. relationship. So I'm, I'm going to give an example from all through three and you can pick one. 
you've lost okay. a relationship or and you've worked really hard at it or you're really working hard in your career and you've lost some clients and you feel awful because you're having to borrow and you don't feel good or mm-hmm. uh, your health was always good and now it's declining. And so what happens in a lot of those situations is that it affects your self-esteem because now you feel not good enough even though People don't see you that way, but you feel that way. You know, well, if I was doing so well, how come I don't have more money? Or if I took care of myself so much, how come I'm sick? Or if I was such a great communicator, which I am, how come I lost the relationship? So, Denise, speak to those. Oh, those are good. And I can relate to all of them. (laughs) So, um, it's reminding me of a book I just finished, Tim Ferriss' Tools of Titans, and he has this one extraordinary interview with this um, commander, a military commander. And every time somebody brings in bad news, things that other people would think, oh, my God, how are we going to go into battle? We don't have the right equipment or whatever it is. He says good to everything. And this is just his way of thinking about things. And so for most of us, we can't say good when we lose clients or we're losing our health. That's just too far-fetched for us. Um, but we can ask... What is the gift in this? So, for example, I was in a 19-year relationship, 15 of them married, and when I realized we were destined for divorce, I had all the negative emotions you can imagine. I had shame, I had guilt, I had fear, I had worry, I had resentment, uh, I had status threat. I, I didn't even tell my clients for the longest time because I was afraid they would think I was a fraud or a failure. Here I am supposed to be talking about relationships. Um, Through that process, I made a conscious decision to appeal to the highest good. And for me, my motivation was my daughter. And I didn't want her to see the kind of divorce that her dad's parents had had and my parents had had. So I was motivated. Um, But I was also motivated because I just hate conflict, and I wanted to see what would happen if I was as kind as I could be. And the other thing I did was I... And what happened with that? that, Go ahead. ahead. Oh, uh, what happened was my ex did the same thing with me. And he, I think, was so appreciative that... um, I mean. He's the type of person that beats himself up a lot, as many people do, Um, and I didn't need to pile on, and Mm -hmm. I think he was gracious and grateful that, um, about how I behaved, and we ended up going through a mediator, not expensive divorce divorce attorneys. Um, Everything happened very smoothly. Um, Decisions were made very easily, and... And my daughter, you know, has two peaceful homes that That's wonderful. she goes back and forth. You were saying something about something that you really have to do before I, I interrupted you. Yeah. But you said, said something about remember one thing you really need to do. And it, it might have been around, yeah. you know, really looking at what's the gift. Yeah, it was. The other thing, so what is the gift? So you've got to notice what questions are you asking yourself. So I could rephrase the questions you were asking in the beginning um, to why. Why me? Why did this happen? 
And anytime you didn't phrase it that way, but we kind of do that to ourselves. Why me? Um, and it backs us into a corner where we have no control. Mm-hmm. So we need to ask ourselves better questions. And I think what is the gift is one of the greatest questions you can ask. And I can tell you, being divorced, uh, there many, many gifts have come from that. And I would have never, ever foreseen those when I was in the mm-hmm. moment of it. Um, mm-hmm. But it's true. You can find gifts in any situation. Um, mm-hmm. It may be not logical and not easy at first, but ask yourself the question. And, and you'll notice there are people all over the world who are in worse circumstances for you. And yet they have been able to find a gift in their circumstances, even if it just means um, now I can relate to others better who have been through this situation. I will have more empathy as a human being. That's wonderful. All right, when we come back, we're going to take a break. We're going to talk about how one of the steps to uh, turn your stress around is not only tame your thoughts, but exude confidence and nurture those very brilliant, wonderful relationships and understanding technology. So we're going to talk to Denise Green about this right after the break. She's the author of Work-Life Brilliance, Tools to Break Stress and Create the Life and Health You Crave. She is a speaker, writer, and executive coach committed to helping people go from burned out to brilliant. You're listening to The Patricia Raskin Show right here on voiceamerica.com. America's Voice. We'll be right back. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Life is complicated, and sometimes we all need a little help, but don't have the time for a full hour-long session or don't know who to turn to. That's where BetterHelp comes into play. With BetterHelp, I can get matched with one of over 2,500 licensed and approved counselors and therapists and get help anytime, anywhere, totally private. For a flat weekly fee starting at $35, I can connect with my counselor via text, chat, video conference, or phone, which is great for me because I'm always on the go. And I can go back to previous sessions whenever I want through my secure account from anywhere in the world. It's a great feeling to know that help is there, affordable, private, and convenient to my schedule. We all can use a little help. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash VA health and register for free. You can try it for seven days without being charged on your credit card and get matched with a licensed counselor usually within 24 hours. Get better help today at betterhelp.com forward slash VA health. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You 
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back, and I'm very excited about my guest today. She really helps people who have stress and also have negative thinking issues. Her name is Denise Green. Her book is Work-Life Brilliance, Tools to Break Stress and Create the Life and Health You Crave. Denise R. Green is a speaker, writer, and executive coach committed to helping people go from burned out or blah to brilliant. She had a successful career with Oracle Corporation and Charles Schwab and founded Brilliance, Inc., a coaching corporation whose purpose is to unleash human potential. Welcome back, Denise. All right. And again, the website is brilliancing.com. Right. So we were talking about, you know, how to tame your thoughts and because we have some others I really want to talk about. You said when you have a tough situation, ask what the gift is. And then there's another question you need to ask. Go ahead. Yeah, a lot of times when we get stuck and when we get triggered in fear, um, we tell ourselves, I don't know what to do next. I'm stuck. I don't know what to do. And that question, again, will put you, back you into a corner. And you can ask a better question that will free you from that corner, and that is, what can I do now? What's in my span of control? What action can I take? And even if you don't have an answer to that, you can say, I am figuring this out. And it just opens up your brain to think more creatively rather than that question, I don't know, or that statement, I don't know what to do, Uh, I'm stuck, will actually close down your creative thinking. Someone else said something else to me. He He had battled a very debilitating disease that could have killed him, and he's just shining and bright, and it's now not even there anymore. He said one of the things that he learned to say is, I win. He said, you look at yourself in the mirror, and you say, I win. And he said it's very powerful, and it's really helped him move ahead. Nice. It's a matter of what works for you. So that was his story. And we can make up any story we want. And we do this all the time, and we just call it truth. So find a different truth. And for some people, they might tell themselves, I win, and they don't believe it. Okay, well, then that doesn't work for them. Find a story that you believe and that gives you relief. And that's when you know you have an upgrade that will work. Now you have to then repeat it constantly because your brain has five times as many neural processes for negative thinking as positive thinking. So you need to embed that thought so that it starts to override the negative thought. And that's what he did. It was his I win story. It was so powerful for him. And then he got probably addicted to telling himself that story. And then eventually it overrode the, uh, you know, I'm getting, I'm dying. I'm losing the story. Absolutely. All right, let's talk about how you can exude confidence because when you're going through this, like you said, when you felt like a fraud in your marriage or let's say you have a business and everyone sees you as successful and you just lost a client or two and you, you know, you're worried, you're borrowing. How do you still keep that confidence going? So counterintuitively, you can increase your confidence by changing your posture, by changing your facial expressions. Mm-hmm. And this may be the last thing you want to do, but just notice the next time you're feeling a lack of confidence, you're feeling downtrodden, beaten, 
you know, comparing yourself to others and coming up short, you will probably notice that your shoulders are slumped, your brow is furrowed, you're certainly not smiling. And that posture is actually increasing your anxiety. It is increasing your cortisol in your system, and it is lowering your um, testosterone, which we all need to feel confident. It's certainly not creating dopamine in your system or serotonin. So the first thing you need to do is you need to sit up or stand up straight. And we know from Amy Cuddy's research at Harvard, and she has one of the most watched TED Talks in the world. Millions and millions of people have watched this TED Talk. And she has this famous phrase, fake it, you'll become it. And what she found is if people took a power posture, which might have meant standing feet shoulder-width apart, hands on hips, like your Wonder Woman or Superman. If they did that for two minutes and then they took their blood, they had increased testosterone, lower cortisol, and increased um, serotonin. So they were feeling calmer, more confident, and less stressed simply by taking a posture. Now, if you combine that with smiling, smiles have been proven to create dopamine in the body happy, that's the happy feeling uh, chemical in the body, even if it was faked, you could even just say the word cheese, like we have to say, you know, when we get our picture taken, and it's going to create a positive reaction in your body, and then you're actually going to feel more confident. Mm. Very, very well said. All right, we've got a couple left, and we've got a few more minutes, so let's talk about nurturing brilliant relationships and not being around those people who are toxic. Right. I mean, so many times we tell ourselves, I have to be around that person. I have to be friends with that person. You know, they're a parent at my school or, you know, they're in my social circle or I went to high school with that person. I've known them forever. We make up all these excuses that really don't matter and don't make it true. So there are people in your life that lift you up, and there are people in your life that weigh you down. You mm-hmm. cannot afford the latter. Your health mm-hmm. can't afford it. Your mental state can't afford it. And so how do we, and you don't have to uh, be rude about it. You don't have to be cruel about it. Um, they probably aren't having that much fun hanging out with you either. But how do you distance yourself from it with grace, with compassion, um, without drama, And then how do you bring in and spend more time with and give to uh, people who build you up? Mm. Makes a huge difference. I mean, I can tell you, huge difference. Incredible. All right, the last one is manage your relationship with technology. Let's talk about that because there's a double edge with technology. It can be the greatest thing in the world. It's helped me tremendously. And it can also, you know, isolate you. Talk about the technology piece to me. It can isolate us and it can scramble our brains and our nervous systems. So this is one of the things that I think really weighs us down. And most of us are used by our technology instead of using our technology. And this is how the app designers have built them. So they know how to create apps that act as slot machines where you get a hit every time you see a like or addictive. whatever like it is. Like an addictive. It, it, it is literally addictive. Mm-hmm. I just 
I was on a trip with friends in Tahoe, and I made a concerted effort to not check my phone up there. And I even installed an app called a Checky, which will tell you at the end of the day how many times you've checked your phone. <laughs> um, one of my friends says, there is no way I'm going to download that app. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she's always on Facebook. I mean, I constantly see her scrolling Facebook. So what could you be doing with your time if you weren't getting sucked into these apps? And how do you feel? So most of us know when we look at Facebook, um, we feel these feelings that aren't so great. One person dubs them friendly, where you see somebody like, oh, I'm happy for you, and yet, yeah, I'm really envious of you, and that doesn't feel good. Um, that's what it does. Do we really make connections? You can make great connections on Facebook. You can go online, spend two minutes. Place just to brag. A note to I mean, I hate things, to say things. it, but is it a place to brag? Is it a place to show everybody all your achievements and accomplishments and say, look at me? Look at oh, my absolutely. beautiful family. Look at my special relationship. You know, and, and that's all lovely, but when you look at that and you don't have it, then it can, you're right, it can co- cause a source of discomfort for people. Or it can say it can cause a source of inspiration, too. You can say, oh, isn't that wonderful? It does exist in the world. Right. See, well, that was, that was you thinking about your thoughts and deciding what to think. So mm-hmm. it's so much work to do that. Like, why do you want to... Why do you want to force yourself to be online and have to have to deal with those? So, what's your suggestion, Denise? We've got a couple minutes left. What's your suggestion to people with technology? Use it only um, at certain first, times. Yes, put put boundaries around it. Take off just like you know an alcoholic is not going to have alcohol in their house. Take the apps that are distracting you off your phone. Just remove them. If you have to go on Facebook, then you have to go to your computer and log on, and it just takes more steps. So do that. Install apps and begin with apps during your day that start your day off better. I start mine off with My Calm Beat, which is a meditation app uh, that helps you with heart rate variability, building that in, which reduces your stress, um, increases your ability to regulate stress. I spend five to ten minutes on that every morning. That's how I start my day. I also start my day without checking email. I read um, a short chapter or something. Right now I'm reading The Daily Stoic, which is a beautiful way to start off my day. And um, I don't know how much time we have, so I'm talking really fast. The last uh, thing I we have is, about uh, two minutes. Oh, good. Okay, good. Um, most people don't plan their day. They just roll out of bed and check email. Mm. And then they check the news. That is not... That's a way to start your day. You've now delegated your entire day over to other people who are in your inbox instead of mindfully deciding what is the most important thing I'm going to work on today or maybe two things, and then only checking email to see if you've heard from the people you need to hear from. Um, you know, like for this, this morning, I opened my calendar to make sure I knew what time this program was going to be, I knew what time my client meetings were going to be, and then I shut it, and... Um, and I worked on an email to my, to my followers. So you, but you have to be mindful about it or else the apps That's will right. suck you in and an hour will be gone from your life and you will feel crummy and guilty and stressed. Really wonderful. I'm just going to review for a second. So the four major ways certainly are one, uh, exude your confidence. That would be one, nurture your brilliant relationships, manage your relationship with technology, and then tame your thoughts. So, and the book is definitely 
very special work-life balance tools to break stress and create the life and health you crave. My guest has been Denise R. Green, who's a speaker, writer, and executive coach. And uh, go learn more at brilliance.inc.com. Denise, thanks for being on the program. It was great. Thank you, Patricia. It was my pleasure. All right, stay in line for a minute. All right, folks, that wraps up this half hour. Stay with us. We have another program for you coming right up right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.